Hello and welcome to episode 607 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It is my pleasure to be with you this evening. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. We are recording on Sunday, July the 30th, 2023, in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us begin with the Sunday prayer to the Most Blessed Virgin Mary to obtain the forgiveness of our sins by St. Alphonsus Liguri. Behold, O Mother of God, at thy feet a miserable sinner, a slave of hell, who has recourse to thee and trusts in thee. I do not deserve that thou shouldest even look at me, but I know that thou, having seen thy son die for the salvation of sinners, hast the greatest desire to help them. I hear all call thee the refuge of sinners, the hope of those who are in despair, and the help of the abandoned. Thou art then my refuge, my hope, and my help. Thou hast to save me by thy intercession." Help me for the love of Jesus Christ. Extend thy hand to a miserable creature who has fallen and recommends himself to thee. I know that thy pleasure is to help a sinner to thy utmost. Help me, therefore, now that thou canst do so. By my sins I have lost divine grace and with it my soul. I now place myself in thy hands. Tell me what I must do to recover the favor of my Lord, and I will immediately do it. He sends me to thee that thou mayest help me, and he wills that I should have recourse to thy mercy that not only the merits of thy son, but also that thy intercession may help me to save my soul. To thee then I have recourse. Do thou who prays for so many others, pray also to Jesus for me. Ask him to pardon me and he will forgive me. Tell him that thou desirest my salvation and he will save me. Show how thou canst enrich those who trust in thee. Amen. Thus I hope, thus may it be. Today, friends, we are continuing the Your Right to Know series from nfpandmore.org, the website for Natural Family Planning International, and the series of articles based on proper marriage preparation that was written by Mr. John F. Kipley, co-founder of NFPI and also the Couple to Couple League, with his wife, Sheila. I believe there was a parting of company later on with the Couple to Couple League when the board of directors had a disagreement with the Kipleys and think largely over ecological breastfeeding, which the Kipleys rightfully wanted taught in a marriage preparation program, but um, other folks at the Couple to Couple League did not. So the Kipleys then founded this second um, comprehensive NFP program associated with Natural Family Planning International. The title of this installment of the Your Right to Know series, which was written a decade ago, is entitled Covenant Theology. The most basic framework of God's relationship with man is the covenant. The first was God's covenant with Noah and every living creature. Never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. Genesis 9 verse 11. The second covenant was with Abraham, Genesis fifteen eighteen, and then renewed when his name was changed to Abraham, Genesis seventeen nine through fourteen. The third covenant was with Moses and was sealed with the blood of the oxen that had been sacrificed, as Moses said. Behold, the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. And the people committed themselves to living by the covenant, Exodus twenty four eight. The final covenant of the old covenant was made with David, the promise of God that a son of David would establish an everlasting kingdom, 2 Samuel 7, 12 and 13. Finally, the work of the old covenant was completed, and the Lord Jesus, the son of David, established the new covenant as he gave himself up for us, 
This cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Luke 22, 20. A covenant is a promise that cannot be broken and it covers everything. A contract stipulates only certain things on which the parties agree and generally will also state the conditions under which the parties agree to void the contract. In the first two covenants, God makes unilateral promises. In the covenant with David, he also promises to punish those descendant kings who violate the covenant, and the sorry record of the king's sons of David is so bad that only two or three of them received favorable comment by the authors of the Old Testament books, but the promise held. Marriage is also a covenant. When Jesus was challenged by the Pharisees about marriage and divorce, he surprised his questioners. The Jews of that time took it for granted that a man could divorce his wife and remarry. The dispute among them was whether a man needed a serious reason, for instance, adultery, or for any cause, as in being a lousy cook, as the question was phrased in Matthew 19.3. Jesus asked them what they had from Moses, and they replied, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of divorce and to put her away. This proof of divorce at least protected a woman from being treated like a yo-yo. But Jesus replied, For your hardness of heart, he wrote you this commandment. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one. What therefore God has joined together, let not man put asunder. Mark 10, 2-9. In brief, the men of his time wanted to treat marriage as a contract, but Jesus went back to the very order of creation and taught that marriage is a covenant, something that covers everything and lasts until death separates the spouses. The rainbow was the sign of the covenant with Noah. Beginning with the covenant with Abraham, the sign of the old covenant was... <coughs> Excuse me. The sign of the old covenant was circumcision of the men. Beginning with Jesus, the sign of the new covenant is his own body and blood in the Eucharist. Each Mass provides us with the opportunity to renew this covenant with the Lord. As St. Paul wrote, the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three through 26 In marriage, the sign of the covenant is the marriage act, the sexual union of male husband and female wife. This is a God-given act that by its very nature is oriented toward the co-creation of children and the bonding of the spouses. The marriage act is intended by God to be a renewal of the marriage covenant. But the renewal of the covenant is not automatic. St. Paul warns us that we can sin by defrauding the new covenant. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of profaning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a man examine himself and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment upon himself. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-seven through 29 This is why the church teaches that if you are conscious 
of having committed a mortal sin, you need to repent and receive the sacrament of penance before receiving Holy Communion. What makes the marriage act morally different from the same physical act between two people who are not married? It's the same anatomical act, but there is a world of difference. Sacred scripture and tradition describe as seriously immoral all those sexual acts that do not occur within marriage. In other words, in God's plan, sexual intercourse is intended to be exclusively a marriage act, and within marriage, those acts ought to be at least implicitly an authentic renewal of the marriage covenant. That is, at least not contradicting it in any way. It sometimes helps to remember just what a man and woman do when they commit marriage. They promise to love each other, and that entails caring love, not just romantic love. They promise to be faithful to each other. They vow to love and be faithful for better and for worse, knowing full well that there will be difficult times as well as the best of times. And they vow to keep this commitment until death do they part. Wow! How can those who recognize their own weaknesses and sins write such a blank check to the other person before God? Millions do so every year because they believe that this is God's plan for love and sexuality and that he will provide all the graces they need to persevere through whatever marital difficulties they will encounter. If you keep in mind that the marriage act ought to be a renewal of the commitment, the caring love, and the for better and for worse of the marriage covenant, then it is not difficult to see that contraception is not a renewal of the marriage covenant. Marital contraception says, I take you for better, but positively not for the imagined worse of possible pregnancy. It contradicts the for better and for worse of the marriage covenant. It pretends to be what it isn't. It is dishonest and therefore immoral. The concept is simple. Sexual intercourse is intended by God to be at least implicitly a renewal of the marriage covenant. What I have tried to do in this article is to place that concept in the context of the commandments, the biblical covenant and marriage itself. For more on the analogy between the Eucharistic and marital communion, see and a hyperlink is given. John F. Kipley, September 8, 2013. Obviously, friends, this is a crucial issue. Marriage and human sexuality according to God's plan. A plan that is under attack each and every day. In these United States, in Canada, in Mexico, all over the world. We've seen in Ireland, for instance, where I think abortion wasn't legalized until recently, maybe five or six years ago, I'm not exactly sure. And now look what's happened there. Ireland, for hundreds of years, one of the most Catholic nations on earth, maybe the most Catholic nation on earth. And now it is just gone into complete debauchery and they're full speed ahead with the whole World Economic Forum program, the whole globalist um, initiative to attack the family. Because when you attack the family, when you strike at the heart of the family, then society breaks down and society has broken down. It has collapsed at our feet, is in ruins at our feet as the late, great 
Dr. Martin L. Brenner said, once again, check out uh, Martin Brenner, B-R-E-N-N-E-R, in contraception, do a search for that. And I'm sure his four-part series, which he recorded for Church Militant in in the summer of 2011, will come up. I'm not a fan of everything Church Militant does. They're adamantly opposed to the Society of St. Pius X. And of course, I strongly disagree with that, but they do have some good material in their archives. And and one of them is um, the four-part presentation by Dr. Brenner. I don't agree with his thesis that people should wait until they're older to get married, especially when you consider that women on average are three times less fertile at the age of 30 than they are at the age of 20. So I recommend couples trying to get married as as early as possible by the age of 20 if possible and don't go to college um men out there young men or if you know young men who are teenagers do not advise them to go to college learn a trade uh become an electrician a plumber a mechanic carpenter if you're competent in one of these trades you will have uh, a job for the rest of your life you'll be in demand and you'll be able to take care of a, a wife and kids. You won't be able to live high off the hog, but if you're good at what you do, you'll always be employed. You'll always be able to prefer, provide for a wife and kids, and you want your wife to be able to stay at home. Um, continue to pray the rosary every single day. And the reason why I'm advised, well, for several reasons. Um, you can read the book, Don't Go to College, uh, Timothy Gordon and Michael Robillard, I believe his name was, or co-authors. But people go to college nowadays, and what happens to so many? Uh, I've seen this in my own life. They lose their faith. They're at least nominally Catholic heading into college. Then they get brainwashed by their communist professors. They start smoking marijuana. They start fornicating. They start, uh, you know, they become basically uh, agnostics when it comes to belief in God, if not atheists and their parents are like why did i spend 50 grand a year so you can you know get c's and d's and lose your faith in god and end up with a degree in sociology or psychology or whatever other worthless degree and you know you're in debt so don't go to college it's a complete waste of time and money We're going to continue with these programs pertaining to your right to know, the right kind of marriage preparation program, because, I mean, it's probably the most important subject in the world. Uh, Sister Lucy, uh, during one of her interviews with, I think it was maybe Father Fuentes, talked about the, the, um, the next battle, the great battle in the, in the church between God and the devil is going to be about the family. You know, it's going to be the attack on family and the dignity of marriage. And we know from the Fatima apparitions, the Blessed Mother talks about um, types of fashion that will offend the Lord. And um, I don't remember Our Lady's exact words, but talking about people being in either bad marriages or situations that aren't marriages. Um, Well, think of all the people who are living together in sin, you know, living like they're married, but actually fornicating 
or people who claim to be divorced and remarried two or three or four or five times, but they're actually just committing adultery. You can't have a society like this. You can't pay, play fast and loose with the truth. You can't pretend to be married to someone when you're not actually married to them. And now we've gone so far as to pretend that two people of the same sex are married to each other. It's just an abomination. And of course, this is deeply offensive to our Lord and our Lady. We need to get society back on track. It's not going to happen by electing a certain person or a party uh, to a country's government. The elections in the United States are fake and rigged anyway. It's going to start with individual holiness. Starts with number one, starts with individual holiness, your relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. You're saying, yes, Lord, to you and your plan for love and marriage and no to sin, no to lust, no to the things that undermine marriage. Good, holy, Catholic folks getting together, becoming man and wife, having lots of babies, training them up in the faith, homeschooling them, traditional forms of catechesis, Baltimore Catechism, Catechism of the Council of Trent, also known as the Roman Catechism, Catechism of St. Pius X, get yourself a good version of the Bible, like the Douay-Rheims version, or the RSVCE, um, with the notes from Scott Hahn and Curtis Mitch, I know is very good. Pray that rosary every single day. Attend the traditional Latin Mass and Divine Liturgy and like Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre says, who's, who is a saint, he will be canonized a saint and probably a doctor of the church one day. He should be anyway. He said, don't be bitter. Don't be bitter about what's going on in the church and the world. There will be a reckoning one day. Our Lord is the just judge. He's the king of mercy, but he's also the just judge. And we're all going to get what we have coming to us one day. Let that sink in. Please remember also, folks, Helping Autism Through Learning and Outreach, available on the web at halo-soma.org. That's halo-soma.org. And please tune in and direct others to episodes 277 and 548 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast, where the topic is RPM, Rapid Prompting Method, a system of communication for non-speakers. Just as sign language is a revolutionary breakthrough for the deaf, so Rapid Prompting Method has been a revolutionary breakthrough for non-speakers. Imagine for a moment, if you will, how frustrated and sad and angry you would be if you're unable to communicate with your friends and family, if they just had to guess at what you wanted, if you couldn't get your thoughts across to those who are closest to you. That is the world that far too many people are still living in. RPM brings non-speakers out of that prison of silence and puts them into the world of open communication where they belong with everyone else. 
Communication is a human right. So let's spread the word far and wide. We have to help these people. They're made in the image and likeness of God, just like you and me. Before my niece was eight years old, we didn't even know her favorite color. Now we know she's a comprehensive genius. Okay. She's skilled at composing music. Brilliant in regards to mathematics. She even knows foreign languages. Just a, a super smart young lady and a very sweet young lady with a heart for our Lord and his church. So please get the information out there and tune in again tomorrow to the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye and God love you.